girl. Welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast is all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. Girl, buckle on up. Today's episode is so freaking fire. We have back on the show my girl, Jen Gottlieb. We had her on the show around January of this year. And oh my gosh, the feedback we got about the episode was fire because Jen herself is just a little firecracker. If you're not familiar with her, she is one of the best keynote speakers literally in the world. She's the host of the I Dare You podcast, the co-founder of Super Connector Media, and she's got her first book coming out at the end of this month. It's called Be Seen. And I wanted to have her on the show because I wanted to talk about what's coming out in the book. And I just think you're going to resonate with so many of the topics that we cover today. We talk about like following your intuition and how to tell the difference between intuition and fear and how to really get yourself to take action on something that you feel called to do, the importance of being seen and getting yourself out there. And what's so cool about Jen is she's got this beautiful relationship with failure that I think we can all take a page out of her book, the way that she describes this, you're going to really resonate with. And because we just have this really fun banter together and we know each other personally, you're going to love that it just feels like two girlfriends chatting. We talk about her finding love later in life and manifesting and the power of like connecting the dots as you're looking forward towards big goals that you have. Like it's just such a juicy conversation. So I'm so excited for you to listen in. And I also wanted to let you know, if you tag both of us on Instagram with your takeaways, or you can head over to my Instagram page and check out a little video reel and drop one of your takeaways there. We are going to give away some pre-orders of her book because if you didn't know this, when authors come out with new books, it's so helpful to get pre-orders. If you're listening to this episode in real time, the book doesn't come out for a few weeks, but you're going to get some insight into what's in the book and I think you're really going to vibe with it. And honestly, I just love this woman, so I want to support her and you're going to get so much value from this episode. So without further ado, let's just dive right in. Jen, girl, I am so freaking excited to have you back on the show. Welcome. I've been looking forward to this one all day today. I'm so happy to be here. It's like the way that you drop fire that really resonates in such a deep way. Like last time you were on the show, so many women in my community were like, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with her. I need to like know what she's doing. I need to join her stuff. I need to buy her things. And now I'm really excited because we're talking about a brand new book. So while I'm over here, like birthing a human into the world, you're birthing a book into the world and both are very vulnerable. Yes. (laughs) Let's talk about your new book. And in particular, where I want to start is it like the idea of being seen in general. Why is this resonating? Why did you need to write a book about this? And how do you feel like it's going to be applicable to everyone? Because obviously we've got entrepreneurs that listen into the show, podcasters, but we've also got women that are just like crushing it in the corporate world, just trying to take it to that next level. And they struggle with this concept of being seen. So let's start mm-hmm. there and give us kind of the backstory on why you need to write this book. Well, I needed to write this book because I needed to challenge myself to be seen. Yeah. 
And that actually, this is a great story. So the whole introduction is this story, but I think I need to take your listeners to this and give them a sneak peek and then they can dive even deeper when they get the book. Yeah. Um, there was a couple of years ago, I woke up one day and I just felt like really stuck. And you know, you know when you have like those moments where you're just like, oh, I just don't feel good. I don't feel in alignment. Like I feel like kind of sticky and just like nothing's moving, nothing's going. I was having a bad day. And whenever I feel that way, I always go for walks. That's like my jam. I love going for walks. And me and my husband go for long walks in New York City. And he's like, let's go for a walk. So we were down in the West Village and we walked past this, this psychic like like office, right? You know, like yeah. one of those, there's a zillion of them in New York. And I have never in my life had a psychic reading ever. I'm actually scared of them because I don't want someone to tell me something bad about my life. And then I'm yeah. like worried about it or something. So I've never had a psychic reading. And Chris goes to me, Chris is my husband now. He was not my husband then, but he was like, you should really do a reading. Let's do it. It'd be so fun. And I'm like, no, are you crazy? I'm so scared. I don't want to do that. And he's like, come on, I dare you. And I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Let's do it for fun. Whatever. So we go in and this lady knows absolutely nothing about me. And she starts pulling out all of her cards and like doing her thing. And she looks at me, she's asking me no questions at all. And she's like, okay, you're going to like help a lot of people and be really successful on a global scale, but you need to be seen. Whoa. And I was like, lady, I'm so seen. I, I got so mad. I was like, wait a second. No, that's like what I do. I own a PR agency. We have a program called the BC Accelerator. That's what you're getting at. Like, I get it. Like, you're re- cool. That's amazing that you knew that. I'm so seen. She's like, yeah. no, 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 no. You're not being seen. You're not being seen. Being seen, being seen is what's coming to me. Be seen, be seen, be seen. And I'm just like, what the hell does this mean? And I leave. And I go to bed that night. And of course, at three o'clock in the morning, it's when the anxiety starts to hit for some reason Always. at three o'clock in the Always. morning, right? It doesn't happen in the middle of the day. It's in the middle of the night. Middle of the night, I'm tossing and turning and I'm like, oh my God, she's right. Because at that time, I was out in the world. In a, as an entrepreneur, as the gen that you see today, I just wasn't allowing people in. I was, I was posting really just like filtered photos with a perfect caption and just letting in pe- people enough. And I woke up and I looked at Chris and I'm like, I know what's stopping me right now. She was right. And I know that I need to write a book because writing a book will force me to be seen in a way I've never been seen before. It's the next level. It's the next step. And I can take everybody along the journey with me because I don't believe that being seen is just for people that are building a brand. It's actually for anybody in their life, whether they want to be seen in their relationships within their job, within their, if they're in a corporate world, if they're, if they're a parent, if they're in a family situation, whatever, wherever situation you're in in your life, you want to be seen. You want people to see you, but not just as the person that everyone else thinks that you should be, right. as the person that you really are. And I'm like, I'm going to go on this journey and I'm going to write this damn book. And at the time, I didn't know it was called Be Seen, but it was all about being seen. And then we circled back to the title being Be Seen way, way, way later in the process. And we can talk about that later. But oh my that gosh. was the, the impotence. I love that. I feel like you're going to need to go see that psychic and give her a copy of your book. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Go find her again. It's Well, it's really important too for people to hear that sometimes I feel like the universe is giving us these nudges or tugs in the right direction. But if we're not open, because even if your first like reaction was to be resistant of like, uh, you don't know, but you don't get it. Right. And then it's like, oh shit, she might actually be onto something is like, if we're not open to this, when we're in a season of feeling stuck, 
So how do you get yourself to be more open? Because there are women listening in right now that can resonate with the feeling that you felt before going to this psychic, right? Yeah. Something very out of the norm where they're like, Jen, I just feel stuck. Keisha, I just don't like, I don't know what's next for me. And I just feel like I'm going through the motions. I'm counting down the days till Friday. I'm just like, ugh. But I know a lot of women in my community, they have this visceral feeling in their body <laughs> that there's something more for them, but they're like, what the hell is it? So how did you, number one, get yourself to be more open to even this idea in general? And then also call your shot on something that you had no idea how in the hell to actually do, yet yeah. here you are. Now this book is available for pre-order. So like, yeah, yeah. give us that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. And, and there's a lot actually in the book about creating momentum when you're stuck and taking action and being able to to create momentum and create clarity through action. Yeah. And I want to, I need to dive into what happened immediately after I said I was going to write the book, because this is really, really important because many of us get the hit, we get the idea, we get the moment. And then we're like, I'll do it tomorrow. Yes. And then tomorrow comes and you're no longer in that moment. You no longer feel the energy from the idea. You no longer feel that excitement, that peak state. Tony Robbins calls it peak state. And you should make this direct uh, decisions during that state in which your body is like, is receiving and ready and open. And we all know it. We get, we get the idea, we get excited. And then fear comes in and yeah. says, Hey, you should just wait a day. Uh You know what? You should, you should go do the dishes first and then you should revisit this because it's, it's scary to take action in the moment. And most of us stop our intuitions. We stop the, the momentum. We stop the message from the universe from even producing a result because of fear. So we say, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next month. I'll do it next year. And we don't put pressure behind our goals the moment that we get the hit. And so I knew that about myself. In the past, I have done that. So the second that I got the idea to write the book, I did a couple of things. Number one, I held myself massively accountable. I knew that if I only I knew about it, it wasn't going to happen. So I said to my husband, Chris, I'm writing a book. Don't let me off the hook. It's happening. Number one, like you do not let me off the hook. Okay. And then I went even further because I was like, even if Chris knows, maybe he would let me off the hook. (laughs) I had an idea for what I wanted the title to be. It was not be seen. And I went online and I immediately bought a domain for the title that I thought immediately. And the domain was like $3,000. So it wasn't like a little, yeah, I had to put, I was like, okay, now immediately, this was all still in my pajamas, teeth, not brushed, hair a mess. Okay. Chris knows, bought the domain. And then I immediately went back in my bed with a notebook and I hand wrote the outline and the introduction. It was so bad. It's not the introduction that you're reading. It's not the outline of the book, but I got the juices flowing. You know, when you like turn on an old sink and it's like the clog shit comes out first and then it starts to flow. It was like all the mess came out, but it kickstarted the momentum. It kept the energy flowing and the action that I was taking was creating clarity on what it would be. Then immediately still hair, not brushed, teeth, not brushed, nothing, pajamas. I'm like, who's 20 people that I know that have written a book because I want to get an agent. Then I immediately emailed 20 people that I knew that have written books. Immediately. This is all in the same day. So the reason that I share this story is because a woman that's sitting feeling very stuck, like, I don't know what it is. I can't figure it out. I didn't know what my book really was about. I was like, I kind of have an idea. I didn't really know. I didn't know anything. All I knew was that I needed to start taking action immediately to force myself to follow through. And I got ideas as I went. The actual title and the outline and the proposal and the book, the ideas didn't come for months but because I started taking action, I gained clarity along the way. Mm-hmm. It's so important for people to hear that too, because 
it's like, if you look at all of the steps of like, okay, I need to write the book and then the proposal and I have to find an agent, I have to do like all of this. It's like, then you're just going to sit in analysis paralysis and you're never going to do anything. But what is so like tactical that you just said is like, find like the dopamine hit and giving yourself skin in the game of all of these very tactical things that you do. So for anyone listening in, it's like you, if you want to run a marathon, you probably can't run a marathon tomorrow, but you can sign up for it. You can find accountability. You can pay for it. Like what can you do to get yourself skin in the game to get going? Because gosh, it's just so important. And you know, when you talk about this analogy of like all the gunky shit that comes out of like a faucet at the beginning. So obviously your first draft that you hand wrote in your pajamas in your bed is probably pretty shitty compared to the actual amazing book that you did write. So when someone listening into this decides, okay, Jen, Kesh, like I'm calling my shot. I'm starting this thing. Maybe it is a podcast, their first iteration of a program that they create something, you know, an event that they have. And they're like, crap, this did not go that well, right? That first time that they did it, yes. it wasn't really great. And oh, I know all about this that. Thing, you know, they're doing this thing that so often we do as humans where we make a story in our head that because the first time I wasn't great, even though cognitively I know I'm not going to be good, the first time I wasn't great. So now I just think I should make that mean that I suck, throw in the towel and just not keep going. What would you say to that woman who's telling herself that narrative now? Mm. Pretty much everything I've ever created in my life sucked in the beginning. Yeah. The first round was not what it ended up being. And in the book, I talk about the creation process and it's, it's the five-step process to creating whatever it is that you want. And step three and a half is to do it again and again and again and again and again. Because I've found that by studying successful people and getting to have conversations with successful people, forget about me. I look at what they do and I study what they do. And usually they start before they're ready. They just start, they take action, they allow it to be messy. The first iteration of any program that I've seen is never what the fifth iteration is. It's You get the kinks out in the beginning. And it's I ask myself, what do I want my relationship with failure to be? Because we get to decide what we want our relationship with failure, rejection, a mess up, like people seeing us not succeed in the beginning. We get to decide what we want to look like our perception of that situation. Because I know that no matter what, if you want to be successful in something, you're going to have to fail to get to where you want to be because I've learned the most lessons from failure. And so now in my journey, I'm like, okay, my relationship with failure is like, great. Failure is amazing because I know that when I fail, I learn to make it better next time. And I know that when I put out this program right now, or when I put out this book, so funny, Keisha, I'm going to give you a great example. I read this book for my Audible when I was recording the Audible and I wrote the book a year ago. Okay. And over the past year, the way I communicate has changed. A lot of the stuff that I talk about has evolved. And I'm reading the book. I'm like, oh, I want to add this in. Can I add something? Can I add this? Can I change this? And I left my recording saying, oh my gosh, my book is amazing, but I have so much more that I want to say in there now. And I'm so mad it's not there. So even that book is like, the first book is like, okay, it's going to be something that brings along to the second book or the third or the next thing that I do. We're always evolving and changing. What do you want your relationship to be with failure, with evolution, with being a beginner, with messing up, that's where it's created Mm -hmm. in the mess ups. So you learn what to bring for the next time. So good. And I also think that really hits home for women listening in that want to write a book is the permanence of putting something out there that then you cannot change it later. There's a whole different personal growth journey that comes with something like that, right? Versus setting a goal that you can kind of iterate. I remember when I launched my first membership program, I had an easel that I wrote with a gigantic Sharpie and I wrote, I was talking about environment and I spelled environment wrong. They <laughs> sent it out to everyone. I was like, shit, just pretend like that was spelled right. We're just going to keep rolling. Yeah. Um, Cause I couldn't do it again, you know, but like 
you can go back and change some of those things. But with this, it is where you're also contrasting your own growth because the growth that comes through you putting yourself out there to be seen, ironically about your book called Be Seen, is probably really interesting. So how do you manage that from like an internal perspective of like you evolving, knowing that you're constantly changing and like the reaction that other people have to that changing, right? Because obviously you've been in this industry for a while, so you're used to putting yourself out there. But what holds a lot of women back is this narrative of like, if I evolve, then I'm going to quote unquote, leave somebody behind. Or if I Mm. evolve, then this person isn't going to understand me. This might affect our relationship. And honestly, there's a lot of women that it's actually even with their significant other. If I evolve, what's going to happen to my marriage? What what is my husband or wife going to think of me or whatever, right? So- How did you deal with that during your evolution? Yeah, I'm dealing with it. I mean, it's not, listen, I can't come here and tell you that I'm an expert at, at, at like dealing with it. This is something that we all deal with and I'm going to continue to deal for the rest of my life as we evolve. There's fear behind everything. I, I always have to remind myself that, that fear is not going to go away. We're not going to become fearless ever because fear is a part of the human condition. We just get better at doing things with fear there anyway. We get more confident and more courageous. The first part of the book is all about being courageous. And I, you're right. I am writing the book about being seen. And the idea of being seen right now on this level is very scary. I'm reading like the own, my own stuff in the book, telling myself like all the tips that I'm giving other people because it's, it is very scary. And there definitely is always going to be an evolution. So the cool, th- I like to look at people like some of the most, like, I, I, like someone that evolved uh, Madonna right? How many iterations of Madonna have we had? How many iterations of Lady Gaga have we had? How many iterations of Beyonce have we had? The thing that we love about these superstars, and I can talk about them because most of us know who they are, is that we're on their journey, on their story of evolution. If they never grew and they never changed, they wouldn't be interesting. I don't know if we would feel so connected to them because they can relate to us in their music and in their evolution and in their transformations by being who they are and evolving into the next iteration of themselves. Because one thing that's certain about people is that life continues to go on and things continue to happen and life gets lifey and we have to evolve. We all change. Change is is, is one thing that's absolutely certain in life, whether you like it or not. Yeah. So if you're just the person that's perfect all the time and never evolves and never changes, you're not going to be able to relate to anybody. And yeah. here's the thing about relationships, about like your romantic relationship. If you're worried about the person, that is a definite fear that a lot of people have. If you start to grow more into personal development and personal growth and and you're evolving your mindset and your community and, and your significant other isn't along for the ride, sometimes that's what happens. Yeah. On And here's the, like, you can't make anyone change. You can't force anyone to change. And all I know that I can do is I can just live my best life and lead by example and yeah. keep doing the things that make me happy and make me feel fulfilled and, and be the best version of me. Yeah. And then whoever in my life enjoys that version of me is going to come along for the ride. And then whoever doesn't, maybe that's the end of that season. And I'm not saying you need to go break up with your significant other, but I'm saying don't dim down your light and not live your best life. That would be just such a travesty for somebody else. The people that love you will come along and they'll be so excited to grow and evolve with you because we all grow and evolve. And I think about this often when I get that question, because that's a really common fear that people have. I'm like, gosh, I just don't want anyone to live 
their life according to somebody else's success criteria and then have resentment for that person that they chose to live that path because they didn't live what was aligned for them. And how much like, you know, even I'm sure Jen, like when you're recording the audio version of the book and you're looking back at even just a year ago version of you who wrote the book, you're probably, yes, there's this thing of like, oh, I want to add some more to it. But there's also this other part that's like, damn, look how far I've come in just one year. Like I'm so proud of that person. And I think if we don't allow ourselves to have that contrast and we're constantly trying to stay the same, it's like, you are not listening to a podcast like this because your goal is to stay the same. Like you're trying to evolve and absorb other people's ideas and make, make it make sense to you in your life. So I love that perspective. And, you know, Jen, one thing I want to ask you about is your relationship with Chris. Yeah. So there are women listening into this that are, you know, moving into their thirties and they are getting really freaked out about, and I can't personally share my story because my husband and I've been together for 15 years, right? Since we were literally like college house party, that's where we met. Um, You found Chris and connected with him later in life. Can you share Mm -hmm. just like a little bit about the idea of being single later on and the pressures, societal pressures, maybe even internal pressures? Like what did that actually feel like? And then how did you guys meet? Because I just want the opportunity to ask you this because some women really need to hear this from you. This is an amazing story. The whole story is in the book and I'm going to tell you the whole story now, but you can yeah. dive in even deeper and read it again and again in the book because our our love story is mind-blowing and it's one of the greatest lessons of my life, that experience. So, okay. I, the, the, listening. If you're listening and you're single, please listen hard. I was single for seven years, building my business, becoming independent for the first time in my life because I was in a really toxic relationship. I lost everything and I had to build my life back up. And I became unbelievably obsessed with blocking my beautiful, perfect life that I was building for myself from anybody that could ruin it. So I became really obsessed with structure, really obsessed with not letting anybody in because I was scared. I was like, I'm building my life up for me for the first time ever. And I think I was subconsciously blocking all relationships away. So I was dating, but I was not dating in the right way at all. Number one, I was dating, trying to date guys that I thought everybody else would be happy that I dated. So my list of what I wanted was a list of what my Jewish grandmother probably would want, my mom, my dad, my friends, like all the things that they wanted for me instead of the things that I really wanted. And then I also had this like weird, like desperation pick me energy because of the societal pressure to find someone of going to Thanksgiving dinner every single year. When are you going to meet someone, Jenny? When are you going to meet someone? When are you going to have somebody? And I'm like, shit, I, I got to find someone. And then thinking, okay, there were so many men that I was like, maybe I could settle for this guy. I really did that. And I was like, maybe I could make him like me and pretend that I am this way, or maybe I could force myself to like him. Mm-hmm. And as, as long as you're, and I spent enough time in my life forcing my square head, uh, square peg into a round hole when it came to, you'll read all about it in the book, like being on a heavy metal talk show for five years and doing all these yeah. things that weren't in line with me. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I know how to create what I want and I'm not doing it here with dating. So what if I just got really intentional about this? And I did a, f- a couple of things. And this is important for your listener. I think that it's really, it was really powerful for me on so many levels, so much more than dating and relationships as well. So I finally was like, I took my list that I had and I threw it away. I was like, this is not the list of Jen's list. This is everybody else's list. Mm-hmm. And I got unbelievably clear on like, if nobody else could judge my list of what I wanted in a man, what would that man look like? Mm-hmm. And I really sat down. It's like, what would I want? And my list looked like this an entrepreneur, into personal development, had a child from a previous marriage, had tattoos, didn't drink alcohol, 
loved manifesting and self-help and was really healthy and lived on the Upper West Side and worked out at Equinox. I got so dialed in. And I was like, this is Jen's perfect guy. I don't think this guy exists. If I told anybody about this guy, they'd be like, Jen, you're way too picky. And that's good. (laughs) So then I knew that I needed to get really a lot more comfortable feeling love and receiving love and being so and not being so stuck in my ways, right? Because I was like not letting anybody in. So I started to have fake conversations with this guy. And I would envision him and I would talk to him every single day. And I would practice feeling the love that I would feel for him. And I would be like, hi, my love. I can't wait to meet you. And I'm wearing a black tank top. If you see me, say hi. I'm so excited. We're going to be a power couple. We're going to create something together. I love you so much. Come and find me. And what this did was it helped my subconscious believe that my love was out there for me. Mm -hmm. So when I would go on bad dates with shitty guys, instead of being anxious and upset, I would be like, oh, you're not him. I talk to him every day. No, it's not you. And when I met Chris, and he was a six foot tall entrepreneur, lived on the Upper West Side, beautiful 14 year old daughter. He has tattoos. He's sober. He doesn't drink alcohol, like all the things. And our first date was walking around Central Park and going to Barnes and Noble and buying personal development books together. And (laughs) I was just like, I was like able to receive him Mm. because I had put in the reps. I had practiced. I had practiced being in love with the guy that was right for me. And so when he arrived, I was like, oh, duh. Okay. Yep. It's you. Wow. I hope you're loving this conversation with Jen. I just wanted to pop in here real quick because I know we've got a lot of new listeners of the show. And I want to make sure that you know about two ways for us to connect outside of this podcast. One is my totally free text community. Basically how it works is every Sunday evening and then randomly throughout the week, I send out little inspirational texts straight to your phone. You can also reply to those texts. You can ask me questions. It's a really fun way for us to get to chat. So if you want to join that list, all you have to do is text the word start to 512-548-2728. Again, text the word start to 512-548-2728. And then what's cool is that's also where I'm going to be keeping you in the loop of fun like podcasting programs or events or retreats or anything that's coming down the pipeline. So that's how you're the first to know. And then number two is our free Facebook community. So what's really cool is when we have authors like Jen on the show, we often do giveaways And we've got a really cool giveaway going down today for those that want to share the episode and tag both Jen and I, and we're giving away copies of her book. So we do fun things in that Facebook community like giveaways. We've got connection threads. I'll go live in there. And just really, it's a fun way for you to get to connect with women that also listen into the show. And again, it's totally free. So if you want to join that group, all you need to do is text free group to 512-548-2728. Again, text free group to 512 548-2728. And I'll send you the link and get you added right in. And now let's get back to the juice because this is such a juicy one. Let's go. Oh my gosh, that gives me chills. It's just, it's so inspiring for people to hear because I also think it just brings up this idea of how we're not willing to call in anything in our life. So like, yeah, for the single women that are listening into this, but like, we have to get intentional about that with what we want for our actual life and our goals and our dreams, like outside of just our relationships too, because I'm sure you do similar practices. Can you talk a little bit to that? Like the manifestation side of things that's so big for you in your life? Because like, look at you, you're like married to your person now. Like he's literally that person. I'm sure some of your girlfriends are like, what the hell? This shit actually worked. Like, and now they want to do it in every aspect of their life. So talk about that. How do, how there's, do you do that? Yes. Okay. So there's so much more to this story too, that actually ties into the beginning of our conversation when we were talking about intuitive hits and feeling it and knowing it and then not taking action in the moment. Mm. So 
the law of attraction does not work without the law of action. And I talk about this in the book. And I think that a lot of people think, oh, manifestation is stupid because I can't visualize something and make it appear poof. That's true. You can't. I don't believe in that. But I believe that when, like what I was doing when I was talking to my love, I was reprogramming my belief system to believe I was worthy of that, to practice feeling that. I was reprogramming my subconscious because your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between a real memory and a fake one. And it will subconsciously start to lead you in the direction of the action steps that you need to take to get the thing that you want. So here's the second part of the story of how I actually met Chris. Yeah. So I was doing all this talking to him. I also had a word of the year that year. So I was very intentional on the things that I wanted to focus on to expand my life. And I'm an introvert. I don't like networking. I don't really like talking to people, but I love connection. And I knew that I was lonely and I knew that I needed to use a pick a word of the year that would lead me towards meeting more people and connecting. So my word of the year was connection. So I start trying to connect with people more as hard as it is for me, like walking around with my head up, smiling at people. And I, I, I actually, my very first job out when I uh, transitioned from being an actress was being a personal trainer at this fancy gym. And I ended up getting fired from that gym because I was training people outside and starting my own business and stealing their clients. And they were like, you're not allowed to do that. I'm like, Ooh. Really? Like, this is obvious to me, but okay. So they fired me. They said, You're an entrepreneur in my DNA. I have to. (laughs) It it was the greatest thing that ever happened because it forced me to start my own business. And that was the beginning of everything. So I got fired from this gym and I was on my year of connection. I was walking around trying to network and and connect. And I walked by that gym and Equinox had acquired this gym. So all of a sudden, the sign was no longer the old gym. It was now Equinox. And my first thought is like, Oh, nobody who fired me works here anymore. (laughs) So wait a second. And then, Keisha, I got a sign from the universe. I, God, I don't know. It was just like, you need to go in there because there's someone there that you need to meet. Whoa. And I'm like, okay, word of the year connection. Again, taking action in peak state when you get the hit right away. I was like, get in there now. And I'm like, oh shit. Okay, getting in there now. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was like a little nervous because there was probably people there that I used to work with. It was weird, right? Go right in, start working out. A few days into working out there, I bump into a guy that I dated when I worked there, Uh-oh. personal trainer that I also dated. And I, at this point in time, I had a business. I was very successful. I felt very good bumping into an ex-boyfriend. And he was <laughs> like, what are you up to? I'm like, I'm here because I want to meet people and connect with people. I have my own business. He's like, you need to meet this guy. I don't know him that well, but I think he's known as the super connector and he works out here. You should connect with him. So my ex-boyfriend sends me Chris's Facebook. What? So, Yes. Wow. I go and I connect with this super connector guy. I'm like, my word of the year is connection. I think I need to connect with a super connector person. Maybe he can help me. And here's the, another, another, see, it's not just about visualizing. So here's another action step that I had to take. The morning I was supposed to go meet Chris, our very first meetup was going to be a walk in Central Park. I didn't want to go. I was going to cancel on him. I was nervous. I was scared. And I had to force myself to get unbelievably uncomfortable and just get to the bench. I was like, just get to the bench where you're going to wait for it. Just get there. That's the first step. Just go there. You never know what can happen. Just get there. And I had to push myself, Keisha. Like it was a lot. And I had to push myself past that temporary discomfort of being uncomfortable and sit on that bench. And Chris walked up to me and he pulled down his little sunglasses and he goes, who's luckier than us? And I didn't know three minutes before that I was about to meet my husband. So it wasn't just visualizing. It wasn't just writing down the list. It was getting myself out there, putting myself in uncomfortable positions, walking into that gym, talking to that guy I used to date, telling him I wanted to connect with people, getting myself to the bench. Yes. 
you got to get yourself to the bench. If I didn't, if I canceled on him that day, I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. Yeah. So real. I think it's really just so powerful when you can connect these dots, like looking backwards, but what you're really emphasizing that I think people I hope are really resonating with is it's like when the hit happens, you don't know why yet. So you're literally just going to have to take action, whether it is like, I need to go to this event. I need to reach out to this person. I need to go get coffee with this person that I don't know, whether it's romantic or it's a friendship or it's, I need to like call my shot on doing this thing. It's like, you can't know yet. And it's like, I love the stories and especially a powerful story like this, because you can connect all these action points along the way, looking backwards. But to anyone listening in, it's like, when you have an intuitive hit, it doesn't, it's not going to make sense. Like we have to just normalize. It doesn't make any freaking sense, but it will later. So like, how did you even get yourself to really trust your own intuition? Because often I get DMs from women that are like, you know, Keisha, like, I I feel like my, I have this idea of this thing that I want to do, but like, how do I know if it's right? And I always want to just be like, for me, it's very visceral in my body and not everyone feels it viscerally. Yeah. How did you get yourself to even know when I get this hit, I know that I need to take action, like to that very first step. I still struggle with that sometimes because it's really hard to tell the difference between intuition and fear. It's very hard. And that's the most popular question I get asked. Like, Jen, how do I decide, like, if it, is it my intuition or is it fear? Like, maybe my intuition is telling me I really shouldn't do this, but maybe it's fear. How do you, how do you decipher? And yeah. for me, I have to sit in it and ask myself, whose voice is telling me I should or shouldn't do it? Is it my voice? Is it my partner's voice? Is it my mom's voice? Is it my dad's voice? Is it my best friend's voice? Is it the random people on the internet that are judging me's voice? Whose voice is telling me that I should or shouldn't do this the loudest? And if it's my voice, I can usually that's my intuition. Go. If it's somebody else's voice, that's fear. That's fear. Reevaluate. Reevaluate. What's your voice saying? You have to listen in. And then sometimes you just got to take a damn bet. And I am a firm believer in making fast decisions. As a business owner, I have to make fast decisions. And sometimes I don't know the answer. And I need to know that I don't know if this is going to be, quote unquote, the right or the wrong decision. Basically, I don't know if this is going to get me the outcome that I want, but it's going to get me an outcome that's going to lead me somewhere that I needed to be. So the the worst decision that I could possibly make is to stay on the fence and not make a decision. I'm going to ask myself, whose voice is telling me to do this? Is like, whose voice? Is it mine? Is it, is it fear's voice? Okay. Whatever. If I can't hear it, if I can't say, I'm going to give myself a container. I need to make this decision by tomorrow. And whether I know the answer or not, I'm going to make a decision and I'm going to trust that whatever decision that I make is going to be a decision that moves me forward in some way, shape or form, whether it gets me my outcome or it doesn't. Because like you said, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. And then what's my relationship with failing again? Because if I fail, that's just one step closer to the thing that's actually going to work. Yeah. It's like disattaching from the outcome having to be this like permanent or having to be the right quote unquote right outcome. Cause you're, you're basically just emphasizing you just need an outcome. Cause like, yes, if you don't have any outcome, you can't do anything. Cause even if it is a quote unquote fail or it doesn't give you what you desired, then at least you can take that as information to guide you in a different direction. But if you're just sitting there on the sidelines, you're not getting yourself on the bench, right? It's like, you're just sitting there waiting around and you're not getting any sort of feedback. So you can't take any action from that. Here's a great example. If I, that guy that I dated from the gym, that guy cheated on me multiple times. It was a quote unquote bad decision to date him. That was a bad decision and I knew it. 
I knew he was a rebound. I knew that he, I knew that he was not good for me. I knew, but I, so I made the wrong decision in the moment to date him because he broke my heart and he cheated on me. But guess what? He introduced me to my husband. Yeah. Wow. That's so freaking powerful because even that just brings up such a beautiful conversation around the fact that like people that tend to go like backwards to look for evidence to prove that they're capable, that can be really dangerous because you're looking at all of these bad decisions and you don't have that, like the context, like you did, for example, of like your ex-boyfriend that cheated on you that then introduced you to your husband. It's like, if you don't have the context of something that proves that something good came out of it, then it's easy to say like, oh, I just don't make the best decisions, So I can't trust myself. But in reality, anyone listening into this, it's like, if you chose with the right perspective to look at a decision that didn't go the way that you planned or that you wanted, you can probably see the lesson that you learned that you could never have learned had you had a better, quote unquote, better decision. And now you're in this place. Like, it's so important for people to hear that, Jen. Like, I mean, I'm thinking back to it and I'm actually putting it into context with decisions I'm making right now in my business. I'm like, oh, yes, duh. These are the best conversations. Everybody please find a Keisha girlfriend that you can talk these things through with. And I'm so glad you guys get to listen in on our friend combo right now where we're just having these ahas. Okay. So Jen, right now in real time, you know, we're talking about like being seen in general and that being like a big thing that's coming up for you. What's something that people might not expect that you're navigating right now that could be uncomfortable for you that, cause you know, you know, this happens sometimes like people see, like if they, they go check you out on social media or they get your book and they're like, this is so good. And like, look how amazing she is. And like, she's yeah. doing all this big stuff. And they forget that you at the beginning, had no idea what the hell you were doing. And along the way, there's been lots of ugly cries and stuff. So what are you like navigating right now that people might not expect that you're navigating? Yeah, so much. Okay. So I'm really glad you asked me this question. I think it's unbelievably important. And I talk about this every day. I go live on social. So you guys know every morning, Monday through Friday, I put my makeup on, I do Q&A. We get really, really real. And I talk about what's really going on. Because if you do open up the highlight reels of anybody on social, it'll look like anybody's having the easiest book launch or product launch or life or whatever, because no one's getting online and posting. I just got into a huge fight with my husband yesterday. We are because I forced my husband to (laughs) post about our fights so that we could be real, but not many people are doing that or saying that this book launch is hard or it feels scary. So I want, I love this question. I want to talk about it. Like this, I did write this book to challenge myself to be seen on a whole other level. I didn't know what was going to come, like all the stuff that comes up mindset wise when promoting a book to the world. There's so much imposter syndrome. There is so much pressure from myself. I think the pressure is from myself, but it feels like it's from other people, but I think it's from myself. Like, is anybody going to like it? Am I going to sell enough? Like anxiety, like up at night, like why, like, am I going to get this um, media segment? Am I going to get this podcast? Like, and it all boils down to, oh, I guess I'm not good enough. Right. Or like, I'm saying all of these things very vulnerably because I want to make sure that the person listening, if you're feeling this in any area of your life, it doesn't matter what level you get to. All of these feelings come up when you're stretching and you're growing and you're being visible on another level in order to take a step forward to whatever you want to be. And I've been like, uh, I know my, I have a lot of friends who have launched books where it looked from the sidelines like it was the most perfect, easy book launch in the entire world. And they became unbelievably successful and hit all the lists and did all the things. And I knew from the sidelines that they were also suffering with this stuff too. So it doesn't discriminate. 
and it's part of it. So I'm I'm trying to be as open as I possibly can about this whole process. And I'm, I'm actually like, what am I learning from this about being seen? So much. What am I learning about this on how to move through imposter syndrome, how to le- move through comparison, how to move through perfectionism? So many lessons. And it really is all about putting your arm around it, understanding that it's going to be part of the process, embracing it and saying, this is fear. There's six symptoms of fear in the book that I talk about. They're all here, some of them more so than others on some days. And it's like, how do I bring this fear along with me? How do I say, okay, fear, I feel you. I see you. I hear you. I get it. You're going to be here. But my why is so much stronger than you. And I'm just going to take action with you there anyway. And I'm going to keep going even though you tell me that maybe I'm an imposter or I'm not good enough. And because my why of getting this message out to other women and other humans, other people in the world is so much bigger than this. And I know that it's all for growth and I can be in this temporary discomfort and know that I'm going to learn and grow on the other side. But that's freaking hard. And some days it feels easier than other days. And I'm not going to sit here and say that it's all fabulous because it's definitely not. Yeah. And I think even recognizing that it will be kind of like this roller coaster where some days you'll feel really good. I've noticed this even like very different situation, but with pregnancy where sometimes I'm like, I have so much energy and I'm so creative and I'm like, I can do anything. And then later on in that day or the next day, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to handle all of this? And like, what are are the fears that are coming up? And like, what's my body doing? And it's like, when we recognize that, like, it is just going to be a roller coaster. And some days you're actually going to feel like I freaking got this. Like, I'm going to train to FBIVA. Like, let's go. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next day you're like, what? Why am I doubting myself so much? Like, why is this imposter syndrome so like coming in so hard? And I think it's really easy for people to you know, have this day or this off moment where they feel like it's overwhelming the imposter syndrome or the fear or the anxiety and then quit when it's tough, forgetting that like there will be times where you're going to feel better, but you just got to buckle up for the whole damn ride of this. And I think the transparency that you have about this of I'm putting myself out there and like, you know, even anyone following you on social, it's like these big podcasts and these big stages. It's like, but yeah, behind that, I'd love if you could actually speak to this too, because we've talked about this before, but I want you to reiterate the rejections, like for every like big thing that you get, like how many still to this day, like rejections are you getting? And like, how do you process that? Because I love the way that you do. So tell them. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so rejection is a thing. I'm a former actress, so I have a lot of experience with rejection. I'm I have made a good relationship with rejection. I do. I feel like I am definitely uh, really ahead of the pack in this in this specific area of business. You know, rejection syndrome with how you manage rejection is what you're saying. A hundred percent. It hurts and it sucks, but I'm able to have a really great perspective on it. And here's here's what I do. So yes, I'm getting rejected a lot. I just got rejected the other day. Uh, I'm because when you do a book or something like a book. You're putting your, whatever that book is for you, birthing a baby, whatever. You're not going to get rejected by your baby. Your baby's going to love you. But um, whatever you're birthing into the world, whoever's listening to this, you're going to hear no. You are. You're not going to be for everybody. And and that's absolutely for sure. So how do you want to deal with that rejection? In the book, I have steps. Here's what I do right now. I actually take a screenshot of every rejection text or email. I've been doing it a lot lately uh, because I've been putting myself out a lot, uh, out there a lot. And the more you put yourself out there, the more you get rejected. And I have an album in my phone and it's called rejection emails. Now they're text messages and emails. I don't discriminate. And they all go in there every single time I get a rejection. Now here's why you might be like, Jen, why the hell would you want to save those? That's terrible. Yeah. The, The act of screenshotting it saying, okay, I get to add this to my folder of all of the no's that I'm going to turn into yeses. And I just put it in there and I like to have them in there and I'll even text them to Chris sometimes like, look, I just got another one to add. 
It's my relationship with it. It's I can yes. embrace it and love it because if I got a no, it means I'm putting myself out there. And I got that no and I can let it sting for a second. I can do that. Like I can move through that. That discomfort will suck and I'll be in the suck and it'll be temporary and it'll be over. And then in a few weeks or in a month or in a year, I can look back and I can be like, oh, it makes sense why I didn't get that one. Because if I got that one, I wouldn't have gotten this one. Yes. Or if I, and you can connect the dots when you look backwards. And I'd like to have just collect them and laugh at them and look at them and be like, oh, well, just so you know, when you want me next year, I'm not going to be available. Yeah. Or we're just going to double for you. (laughs) That's right. And just have that mindset. And it really is. And it's not necessarily the easiest thing. And I never, ever, ever want to take away the fact that rejection hurts and stings and sucks. Yeah. I don't want to remove that from anyone because it does. Mm -hmm. But we have these tools that we can use to be able to have a better relationship with that rejection. And maybe feel the sting and the pain for a day, a couple of days, and then put it in your rejection album and share it with people. Usually I find that when I share it with people, I take away the power that that pain has over me. And I'm like, now it's fun. Now everybody knows about it. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And, and, and understand and know that it's actually just part of the game. And it's not denying that it hurts. Like I love yeah, this because it's like, it's, it's a real, hu- like it's part of the human experience where like often I'll get messages of like, I wish I could be like happy all the time or I could be excited all the time. I'm like what? Like, don't you want the contrast of the full human experience? Like why are the highs so high? Because you've had the contrasting lows because you've got this album of all of your rejections. So when something that you really want happens or one of those no's turns into a yes, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so freaking proud of myself because once this was a no, but I didn't give up. And also Jen, like I think what's so cool about your story And what's also going to be so powerful for people reading this book is it's storytelling with tactical pieces in it because we need the combination of both for it to really resonate. But the way in which you do this is so much like it's like a girlfriend that's like, hey, this is what's going on. This is the story of this. But here's some actual tools that you can use. So this is going to be gamed. I'm like so excited about this book. I'm so proud of you for putting this out into the world. I feel like it's just going to be one of those things where this is going to be like people's go-to and just picture everywhere. I know you're already getting this, like when you do little events and like people that are like, yeah, like I'm reading the book, but picture all across the world. People are in different countries. They're reading the book. And like, eventually this gets translated into like tons of languages. Like this shit is going to be huge. I can't even wait. So, okay. Tell them right now. What I really want you to emphasize too, is at the time that this is released, it's available for pre-order. And there are a lot of women that don't understand the importance of pre-orders for books that they're really excited about, authors they really want to support and get behind. Um, so tell them about the book and where they can get it, but also emphasize the pre-order part because I really want you to hit home on that. <laughs> yeah. This is, I'm really glad we're doing this. I think it's actually a really great opportunity because, uh, by the way, if you pre-order the book, you get a bunch of goodies and cool stuff from me too because I want to incentivize you guys to pre-order. So you can get the book. Go to beseenbook.com. That's where you can – it's literally at every store, but that's the easiest way to go. It's like my pretty website, and you'll get to pick whatever store you want. And then you can put your order confirmation in the little area where it says put your order confirmation in here, and you'll be able to get a recording of me reading the first chapter. So you'll get a little taste. I made that just for you as a bonus. You're going to get my creation kit, which is all of my favorite manifestation tools all in one place. It's a whole, you'll, You're going to get a bunch of goodies from me. So just go do that. And the importance of pre-orders. So the – basically like the publisher. So we've published with Hay House and they're amazing. And they need to know how many books, how many orders of books to place so we can you know, really like navigate what this book launch is going to look like. And so the pre-orders dictate how successful the book launch is going to be. So it also is like, it tells my publisher, oh, she's doing a good job. 
job. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people want yeah. this book, right? And it really, it's really important to authors to know, to be able to see like where we're going and where we're at. And every single pre-order counts, especially if you're trying to make lists for that first week. Like if you want to support an author, the yeah. best possible thing you can do is pre-order their book. It's like, that is the best thing. And if you pre-order your book and you share it and you DM me, I will send you a personal voice note thanking you. I will share you with my audience. It really does mean the world. And I am in my DMs and and every single share means everything to me. Every single pre-order means everything to me. It's my first book. So yeah, yeah. thank it's you for allowing baby. me to say that. It's yeah, it's not my human baby, but it's a baby. <laughs> but it is your baby. And I think it's it's important because there are so many women that have the dream of writing a book or that just like love supporting people when they come on the show and they add so much value like you do. It's like, if we don't know, then how can we support people, right? It's like people don't know how much podcast reviews matter for podcasters to get their podcasts out into the world. It's like pre-orders can really help get the message out there and also even just dictate to different comp- like different. Uh, like places where you can actually buy the book, the inventory, like, so it does really matter. So thank you for sharing that because I wanted to just educate people that don't know how much it matters so they can find it again. Repeat the website for everybody. Theseenbook.com. Super I love it. Jen, I'm obsessed with you. You can come on the show anytime that you want. I just love being around you. I love your energy. I feel so grateful to get to know you on a personal level too, because you're exactly what you seem like, you know, like for anyone that watches your content or is like, is she the same way? Like she is, she's just herself. And I think it's just amazing to see you get to go through this process and how transparently and openly you're sharing that. Like we need more women sharing about the real behind the scenes shit that goes on when you're launching a book out into the world. So thank you for being an inspiration to so many. And to me, um, I love you. I appreciate you. And thank you again for being on the show. This was the best. I love you so much. Thank you for having me. you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend, like send it to her right now or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon.